Welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I am Kelly Hunter, your host, and today I'm interviewing Raina Odell, who is a nutrition and health coach who happens to have ulcerative colitis and an ostomy bag. And she has been on Instagram showing the world what it looks like to be sexy and have a chronic illness. So I am so thrilled to be able to share her story about her diagnosis, her surgery, her divorce, and dating with an ostomy bag. Her story is so inspirational, and I know you're going to be able to take something really positive away from this conversation today. You know, if I hadn't have gone through what I went through with, you know, him and my business and and you know the kids and illness and all of that stuff like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to share and reach the people that I do today I wouldn't be where I am today for sure I felt like I got my life back and I felt better immediately immediately waking up from surgery I felt night and day better you know I I used to be this stay-at-home mom and I was married and my husband worked and you know we had this house and all these things and then when that's stripped from you along with your body and your image of yourself and all of these things like it was it could have been a shit show you know it could have been like this thing that just pushed me off the edge I stopped him for a moment and like put my hand on my bag and he grabbed my hand and he took my hand off and he goes it's okay such an extreme thing happened to your body and it makes you wonder if if everyone else is going to change the way they think about you mm-hmm. and the way they look at you and the way they want to be with, around you and and I remember, you know, hearing that story of the little boy that had the bag that killed himself and he, he was getting bullied because of his bag smelling and, and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, those kinds of things just went through my head, you know, in the first year of me having my bag. How am I going to date? You know, I had just filed for divorce. Like that, holy shit. I mean, that alone was like terrifying. So... I divorced in uh, October 2016 and I didn't start dating until like I met my now boyfriend in December 2018. So I was single for a couple years and during that time I really was intentional about rediscovering who I was. I, I decided then and there that I was going to be that success story. All right, everyone, I am so excited to be here with Raina Odell. I'm saying that right? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, Raina Odell, and she has been so inspirational to me and many others on Instagram. I started bugging her about a year ago (laughs) to come onto the show, and she's agreed to it. So, Really excited to have Raina here today. Thanks, Raina. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for thinking of me. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah. When I thought of, so I was going into like this, I don't know if it'll be a series or just kind of, I don't know, a few episodes here and there, but um, yeah. I was thinking about just like sexuality or and um, feeling good about ourselves and body positivity within yeah. chronic illness. And you were like the very first person. I thought oh, of, so. thank you. Well, I am no expert by any means, but well, I, feel, I feel like I can give some kind of, some kind of good tidbit. I think you can. And I think as soon as someone says they're an expert or a guru, they're not. So yeah. the fact that you just said that makes you an expert. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll add that to my uh, Instagram bio. Yeah. You know. Sex education expert. Sex education yeah. expert on chronic illness. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's get to know you because um, lots of times people come on the show and we talk about illness. And I'd like to kind of start every episode by getting to know the person aside from their illness first. So um, tell me one thing that your followers already know about you and one thing that they might not. Okay. This is a weird, this is a hard question. Um, and it can be anything. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Okay. Be like you saw a peanut once and you threw up. Okay. <laughs> one thing they do know about me. I love lip syncing. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like, like, like love it. Like even when I'm not filming myself, I'm like walking around the house, just like lip syncing to everything. Like not even really singing it out loud, but just like lip syncing because I love it so much. And I feel like I'm really good at it. When did you first um, start doing that on your stories? Because you know, that's like your thing. It really, well, and I just recently stopped because I feel like everybody was getting annoyed by it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just, and then no one like said anything in particular, but I also like, you know, I, I made it, it started probably, I would say, oh my God, like four years ago. So I did it like every single day for like four years and people loved it. And I would like submit, like pay, have people submit requests. Yeah. And yeah. Like that. And it was super mm -hmm. fun, but I got so bored of like the, like going up and having to find a song and, and recording it. And then like Instagram with all of its like copyright stuff was giving oh, me all know. kinds of oh, issues. That. So I'm like, maybe it's just a good time to like retire it and I'll dabble it here and there and there I'll do it in my free time. But yeah, it'll just be like scarcity, so it'll yeah. just be enjoyed more. Yeah, yeah. More of like more when people see it, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, this is amazing." Versus like, "Here we go it. again." Right. <laughs> I never thought that. I always thought it was super fun. Right, right. Except okay. you look so confident doing it. Like if I were to be lip singing to it, I'd be like, "Yeah, I truly feel like a badass when I do it." I'm not gonna lie, and I don't know what it is. It's just you look like a badass when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um something that pff, I don't even this is the hardest one for me something that nobody you're knows. very you're a very transparent person I am I think yeah. I share almost everything um I guess I can share something simple and kind of I mean I, maybe this is something that people know but something maybe people don't is I'm very OCD I don't talk about it a lot oh. um, but like if you like look like everything has its place like, oh yeah and as soon as my kids come downstairs and they'll like leave something, I'm, hey, get your cup, get your, get you this. Why is this down here? Like, I'm also like, it's almost like an issue, like where I have to really stop yeah. myself and let things yeah. just sit for a while, but I'm not very good at it. So I'm very like clean freak, organized OCD. I, I, I have, a, I, I can understand you. I have a dose of that. Yeah. But I also avoid things. So it's a really terrible combination because I'll just avoid, avoid, avoid. And then yeah. it's like, and then I have like a meltdown because I'm just, yeah. everything's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> just clean it all, all day. I, you know, I think I went through too many years of being like that and especially yeah. like growing up and now it's just like, I can't control it. Like everything has its place. And if anything's out of order, I'm, I'm just like, can't get over it. Yeah. But stay on top of, you stay on yeah. top of things and keep My house is clean. clean. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to see the other side of my table right now. <laughs> it's full of probably start itching if I saw you like, might, you might. I won't do that to you. <laughs> okay, um, so we are going to move into uh, chronic illness fun here. Uh, when you were di well, I guess when the first question is when, when were you diagnosed? And it's ulcerative I, colitis. Yes, I have 
ulcerative colitis. Okay. And um, I was diagnosed in March of 2016. Okay. I feel like I had, you know, the symptoms and struggles and things like that probably a good like two to three years before that, but I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if there was a name for, you know, anything I was going through and that kind of stuff. So I finally went to the doctor in March of 2016 and got diagnosed. Okay. What, um, do you mind sharing the symptoms of it? For no, yeah, I don't mind at all. Um, so honestly, like to look, I, I look back, you know, years prior to being diagnosed and I just remember having like, like mouth sores all the time. And I just chalked mm-hmm. it up to, um, mouth sores, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would have like canker sores so big on the inside of my mouth where I couldn't like eat or drink for days oh, because it was no. so painful and didn't know, you know, at that time that it was linked to autoimmune issues. Um, yeah. so a couple years prior to being diagnosed, I actually was just having, and I mean, everybody that's listening poops clearly. Right. So there's nothing off limits. I'm assuming. No, you can, was, you can okay. talk about pooping. It's allowed. You know, it's like such a weird topic for a lot of people, but I feel like it's been my life for so yeah. long now that I'm like, poop is poop. Um, <laughs> so I was having um, chronic diarrhea with blood in it. I was going to the bathroom probably yeah. 30 times a day. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was, it was crazy. But I was also like at the same time doing, you know, having diarrhea daily and not really knowing like what was going on and not really thinking anything. I didn't get like the blood and stuff until, you know, probably six months before being diagnosed. So that was when I was kind of like, okay, maybe something's wrong. And my husband at the time was like, maybe you should go to the doctor and just check it out. But I went to, you know, probably six doctors and it was all like, you know, cut out gluten and cut out dairy and things like that, which I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try those things. And a lot of them were like, you know, it's probably something that you're eating. I went through food sensitivity tests, like all kinds of stuff. And people were just like pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off until finally I was like, listen, I'm miserable and this is my reality. And so I finally, you know, got someone to actually listen, which I think is hard nowadays. Very hard. How long did that take you, that process of? Um, of like just diagnosis. Yeah, like getting to the diagnosis. Probably six months. Probably six months, but that was the first time I'd actually went to the doctor. I feel like I could have gone like a year before yeah. that and started that process, but yeah. just didn't. I was also kind of just, you know, you're almost in, at that point, you're kind of scared to know, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really know what <laughs> the doctors were going to say, so I kind of avoided that situation. Um, but I had also like gained about 40 pounds in the, those two years and, um, you know, tried different things, like even like HCG. HCG and things like that. And like the weight wouldn't budge, you know, and I was, you know, I wasn't really working out or following a healthy nutrition plan or anything like that. But I was like, God, if I meet like doing HCG, I should at least lose like something, you know? And, um, so that was another reason why I even started going to the doctor because I was like, I'm going to the bathroom so much. I should be losing something at some point. Yeah, It just wasn't. So yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. The diet, I had a, um, it took me a few doctors, although my diagnosis was pretty fast. It was like a month, but yeah. um, I don't have ulcerative colitis. I have okay. interstitial cystitis. So it's like the okay. bladder version of yeah. <laughs> ulcerative yeah. colitis. So I was going from doctor to doctor. I was like, I just am so, in so much pain. I need someone to tell me what's going on. And she was like, well, we'll do a urine sample. And I was like, okay, well, I've had so many urine samples done. When it comes back negative, because I know it will, then what? And yeah. she was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, yeah. well, could it be interstitial cystitis? And she was like, oh, no, that's a chronic condition. 
Like, See, and it's, that's so crazy to me, but I mean, and it's funny that you even knew, like, I can't even pronounce what you have. <laughs> you know I, mean? I still like, can't tell yeah, I know. Well, like going to the doctor, it was like, they said you have ulcerative colitis and I'm like, okay. You know, like I had, I had no, I'd never heard of it before. I had no idea what Crohn's or colitis or, yeah. you know, any of those things were. And so to hear it, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, and then they hand me a prescription and they're like, you have to be on this kind of forever. And that was like the turning point for me being like, okay, maybe this is something I need to like really take serious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not just, um, yeah, this is not the little thing you have. Yeah. This is actually, this yeah. is like, this is kind of life changing. Um, yeah. so I guess what were your thoughts, um, when you found, well, first, how did you get to the point of needing the, am I saying it right? Iliostomy? Yes. Yeah, the iliostomy bag. Um, it is different than there's like a colostomy bag and ileostomy yeah. and there's a few different things. Um, but yeah, mine is an ileostomy. And so I got diagnosed in March of 2016 and then um, I went into remission for, you know, I got diagnosed in March and I went into remission until about October. Um, yeah. Med-free, got off of all of my medications. I was really controlling a lot of it through nutrition, which I know a lot of people don't agree with or believe in. Um, but I did. And I went into remission. I had zero ulcer- ulcerative colitis symptoms. My diarrhea was gone, like everything. And I got into really good shape. And then um, in October, I filed for divorce. October of that year, filed for divorce. And the stress of all of it just kind of attacked my system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know we'll talk about a lot of this, but um, like fast forward to May of 2017, I went to the hospital because I just, I, I couldn't keep anything in. I was going to the bathroom 30 plus times a day again um, dropping weight like crazy. I got down to like a hundred pounds and was just, I felt like I was on my deathbed. I was, you know, I hear, I used to hear people talk about fatigue all the time. And I just be like, okay, like get the fuck off the couch. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I got so sick, it was like, I, I physically couldn't move from the couch. It was just, it was crazy. Um, and I'd never experienced anything like that before. So it was kind of, it just kind of shook me. And um, so in May of 2017, I went in and they suggested that I get my large intestine removed. Wow. And so I was given a temporary ileostomy bag at that time. Um, and so what they do when they give you a temporary one is they take yeah. your guts that are left and they build what's called a J pouch. And it's just, it, it acts as like a colon for you. It acts as like the place where all of your poop is stored before it comes out. Yeah. Um, so while they built that J pouch and the J pouch was healing, I had to have a temporary ileostomy. Um, got the J pouch surgery in July of that year, and then fast forward to February of 2018, had a got you know the J pouch had actually failed and mm-hmm. um, had a lot of abscesses and infection and things like that. And it yeah. was at that point really my only option to have the bag permanently. So yeah, that's, but that that's how that happened. <laughs> February of 2018. Oh. How, like, what were the emotions? What did you, like, when you found out you were going to have to have that? Yeah. You know, the the first time I got it, so in May of 2017, you know, I, I had, I, again, just like ulcerative colitis, like I had never heard of an ileostomy, you know, I, I didn't even know that like old, to me, it was like an old people thing. Sure. You know what I mean? Like grandparents had it because their butt stopped working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I had no idea what it was. And, you know, when they told me that in May of 2017, that I was going to have one temporarily in my mind, it was temporary, right? Yeah. So I could, 
I could leave the hospital, be okay with it. I ordered some cute little bag covers on Etsy. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, I was in the mindset where I was like, I don't care because it's temporary. You know what right. I mean? And I shared it and I took pictures of my bag out and I would go to the grocery store with a bag cover on and like my bag on the outside of my bot, like, like it hanging out of my pants. You know what I mean? Like I had zero, I gave zero fucks about it. temporary. You know? Yeah. And then when I got my J pouch, I was so excited because I, you know, now had my stomach back and I didn't have a bag on it. And I even got a tattoo over, you know, the big scar where my, my, uh, ileostomy bag was because I, I got a tree of life tattoo over that scar because I felt like it really gave me my life back. Even for that, those two months when I had it temporarily, I felt better than I had in my entire life. Like before getting sick, before like kids, like as a yet, like I felt invincible almost. I know that sounds weird to say. Um, So I got the J pouch and I was super excited. Um, And then the J pouch just started failing pretty quickly. And it was almost like in the back of my head, as soon as that J pouch was in and activated and the bag was gone, I had this feeling in the back of my head that it wasn't going to work out mm. and I tried to ignore it. And I was yeah. like, I can't manifest that. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. have it. you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But I kept going back to it. I was like, it's not going to, it's, I have a feeling I'm going to have the bag. And I got sick and sick and sick and sick. And with my J pouch was going to the bathroom, like, you know, 30 plus times a day. Um, I have so wow. many stories about just my J pouch life. I mean, it was, you know, my couch was, you know, in my living room and we had a guest bathroom that was probably, I, w- I would guess like 20 feet away. And with my J pouch and the infection and just my body rejecting it, it was to the point where I couldn't make it from my couch to my bathroom without shitting my pants. No, Literally, so I had to wear horrible. the pens, you oh, know, no. as a 30 year old. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. It was not good. And so mm-hmm. when I went to the hospital, went back to the hospital in February and the doctors were like, listen, this is really going to be your only option unless you want to, you know, try another medication, which all of the medications to that point had been failing. Yeah. Um, you know, that was my only option. And I, I had this moment of where, you know, not like just kind of feeling bad for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided, you know, I was like, I'm going to go live on Instagram. I'm going to, and I know it sounds so silly, but I was like, I'm going to go live on Instagram. Oh my God. I love I'm it. I'm going to share what's happening and share yeah. where my head's at and share the fact that the doctor just said I needed to have a permanent ileostomy and all of this stuff. And, and through verbalizing that, like I still have the video, but I just cried my eyes out and just seeing everyone comment being like, girl, it's going to be okay. I have a bag too. It's going to be okay. Like all of these things. And then me remembering how truly good I felt for those two months when I had the bag, I was like, bring it on. You know, like if if that means I'm going to feel better and be able to Mm -hmm. walk and Mm -hmm. smile and play with my kids and go out to eat with my kids and all of these things and sign me up. Live again. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, truly what it was. I felt like I got my life back and I felt better immediately, immediately waking up from surgery. I felt night and day better. It was crazy. Just having the diseased parts out, you know, they took my entire large intestine and then they had to take part of my small intestine whenever they removed my J pouch. And so, um, I, I don't have the option of going back at this point, unless something crazy with technology and science happens over the next few years. Um, yeah. like they, I have what's called a Barbie, butt. like they totally took out my anus and sewed it up. So I don't even have like a butthole, like I don't poop at all. <laughs> you know, like normal. So like, everything's different down there. Yeah. Um, so it's been an adjustment. But. So you're not lying when you say, like, I'll I'll say, but like, I don't poop. 
Yeah. Well, the the girls don't poop. Time, like, <laughs> we'll be out anywhere, even at the house. And I'll be like, who farted? And like, it wasn't me. And I'm like, you know it wasn't me. Like, it cannot ever be me again. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. So we have this joke of like, who farted? And it was not mom. So who was it? You know. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's, it's, you gotta have humor about it too. Yeah, for sure. And that normalizes it. I think, I think what, what you're doing too, seeing you out there, like just showing that you can still live your life. Like this is okay. Like this, you can can still live a normal life. Yeah. I think that helps so many people who are going through it. So you're welcome. (laughs) Maybe for someone who's contemplating, Mm-hmm. having an ileostomy bag, having to do yeah. that, what would you tell them? And like, what's, what's, what would be a good, I don't know, way to support themselves through the process, yeah. just emotionally? Well, it's crazy because I remember, you know, I had the temporary ileostomy and during that time I was like, you know what, I'm going to like, I believe in the power of like people, right. And surrounding yourself and being within this community of people that are on the same road of life as you and the same destiny as you. And so I joined a bunch of groups on like Facebook, like ostomy awareness support groups and um, ulcerative colitis support groups and all kinds of things like that. And I got in those groups and for two months that I had the bag, I was in those groups just watching Mm -hmm. and the amount of people that are just sad and wallowing in their sorrow and this pity party and this medication didn't work again. And I, I'm eating pizza and I just, I don't know why I'm in pain still with this. (laughs) And I'm just like, it's, it was so mind blowing to Mm me. This like pity party that people are, are on and this like, woe is me. And this, you know, this sob story that they're, they're living by. And it's like, what they're clutching onto. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it was, it was so disturbing. And, you know, I I got the J pouch and I was like, I'm leaving these groups because obviously I'm going to be like 10 times better and I don't need these groups. And so when I got back on them and and shared that I had a temp or permanently asked me at that point, um, you know, it was just, I, I decided then and there that I was going to be that success story. And I share this online all the time, but I wanted to, like, I remember coming home from the hospital and immediately taking pictures of, of myself, right? Of my body and the way I looked and the body that I had at that point, because I was like, I am going to work my ass off. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat what I need to eat. I'm going to prove to people that you don't have to, yes. you know, be this, this sad, sad person and your entire identity be ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or the disease that you have. Like, I think so many people carry that around and that is their identity and they are nothing else outside of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad to me. Yes. It's so, it's so funny because I had the exact same experience, but yeah. just in a different way. Yeah. But I fell into it for a while. So it was like, I had symptoms for a year and a half before I finally started to feel better. And, but I remember from the very beginning going and seeing those stories and just like turning my head like just yeah. like no I can't like that can't be my future like yeah. I can't be sitting in my home for 10 years on a message board talking about how terrible my life is like that yeah. won't be and yeah so but, like when, but when you feel bad it's almost like it almost makes you feel better that other yeah. people feel bad yeah you know and, and- I think it's just this cycle of people just like, it's almost like you say in, you know, in any business, you're like, don't present this issue without providing a solution as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So, and there is, there, it's hard. Cause I, 
I always want to be really cognizant and aware of how hard it is to yeah. experience those symptoms and to not have them go away. I'm sure it would be terrible, yeah. but I think until you can get in that mindset of it can get better, it won't get better. So, right. yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny that you brought up the identity thing because they there's a lot of research um, talking about how chronic illness actually strips us from our former identity. Um, yeah. And it can kind of, so you have to like re <laughs> relearn who you are kind of yeah. in order to accommodate the disease that you have. Yeah. Um, so I guess how deeply it sounds like, it sounds like you had some moments, but yeah. you got back to who Rahina yeah. was. It was, you know, after I sat and was sad for a second, <laughs> it was yeah. like, you know, I was, my mom was in the hospital with me and um, you know, it was the first time and, you know, I mean, my mom had to like wipe my ass and like help me to the bathroom and like pull my pants down and help me do like, because I was so sore and like couldn't yeah. sit, you know, after my surgeries and stuff like that. And so that was just a very humbling experience and just being able to get that love for, it's almost, you know, you, you have such a, such an extreme thing happen to your body and it makes you wonder if, if everyone else is going to change the way they think about you. Mm -hmm. And the way they look at you and the way they want to be with, around you. And, and I remember, you know, hearing that story of the little boy that had the bag that killed himself and he, mm -hmm. he was getting bullied because of his bag smelling and, and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, those kinds of things just went through my head, you know, in the first year of me having my bag, you know, like, how am I going to date? You know, I had just filed for divorce. <laughs> that, holy shit. I mean, that alone oh. was like terrifying. So I divorced in uh, October, 2016. And I didn't start dating until like I met my now boyfriend in December, 2018. So I was single for a couple years. And during that time, I really was intentional about rediscovering who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I used to be this stay at home mom and I was married and my husband worked and, you know, we had this house and all of these things. And then when that's stripped from you along with your body mm -hmm. and your image of yourself and all of these things like it was it could have been a shit show you know it could have been like this mm -hmm. thing that just pushed me off the edge and I spent those two years um you know once I felt good again and got my bag back and that wasn't until again February 2018 so from February 2018 to you know, December, I, I didn't turn down one trip that was presented to me. I, I did as much traveling as I possibly could um, in July of 2018. So just, you know, five or six months after getting that surgery, I, maybe not even that long, um, I went to France and I hiked a, uh, it's called Corsica. It's an island off the coast of France yeah. between Italy and France. And um, they have one of the hardest hikes in the world there and it's a 180 kilometer hike and I I hiked that hike with an ileostomy bag um you know so emptying great. my bag off the side of a mountain and shit like that like I I came back joking about like half of my body parts are like <laughs> my contestants are like in France somewhere um but just like just doing that and being out in nature and being by myself and I took a solo trip to Vancouver and stayed in a tree house um by myself in Vancouver just those kinds of things I did it really allowed me to just be at peace with myself and be quiet with myself and just to think and find out who I was and what I enjoyed without it depending on anyone else, you know, no kids, no husband, no nothing. And it allowed me to just discover who I was again, for sure. 
It's like um, a little eat, pray, love. Eat, pray, love, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I watched that movie and I hadn't read the book. I'm not a book person, but I, I had watched the movie, you know, right after I had gotten sick and stuff like that. And a mm-hmm. lot of my girlfriends were joking and saying like, you need to just go do like this eat, pray, love thing. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. do it. And I, you know, had the tools to do it. I had the supportive family that would fly out and stay in. I live in Denver and they'd stay in Denver for, you know, two months at a time and just be there to play with the girls and take them to school and do all of that stuff while I was just kind of doing my thing. And, um, it was pretty amazing. I had a really good year in 2018, just finding out who I was again. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that you got to do that. Yeah. I just, and I met so many fun people and I'm still like really good friends with a lot of people that I met on every trip that I went on. I mean, I was gone at least one to two weeks out of every month in 2018. And, you know, just, I think that too, you know, with my bag, traveling with my bag and and having to, like, I remember in Vancouver, I ran out of bags. And so I had to like Google, you know, (laughs) medical supply places and get my numbers off my bed, like, and just go to Vancouver and buy more bags. And so just like stuff like that just allowed me to kind of really get comfortable with myself, with my body and, and that kind of thing. And then, you know, when you meet a boy and you're like, freaking the fuck out for the first time yeah that was a game changer in itself I think so yeah how did how did the dating I'm just gonna go right into yeah that. no I I'm an open <laughs> how, how did that um no like what did you I mean he obviously knew probably that you had the bag because yeah he was very public with it but like well and I didn't I didn't meet him on Insta. I, I okay I signed up for tender it's like whatever but it's like there's, there's nothing you know what? I, ashamed of with tinder I work from home and yeah. you know I didn't leave the house ever and I have two kids I'm like I'm literally gonna meet someone at Trader Joe's or <laughs> online you know what I mean and Your I, hands I, will, like, yeah yeah <laughs> like with all my salary and you know she's like this chick is a freak um but you know, so I, I got on Tinder and I had gotten on and off it a couple of times because it gave me so much anxiety. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. And then, you know, I was on one night and I, I swiped on this guy that, you know, it literally said like six, three. And I was like, perfect. You know, he was hot in his profile picture and he was tall. And so I was like, done. That's all I need. And so, um, we met up and before we met up, you know, in the, I, I've shared this before, but before we met up, I told him, I was like, I want you to just go to my Instagram because I hadn't, you know, shared anything prior to that about a bag or anything. You know, he knew I had kids, yeah. um, knew the basic things like that, but I didn't share anything about my bag. And so I told him to go to Instagram and I was like, can you just go look at Instagram and then come back and just let me know that you still want to go on this date. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't tell him to like look for anything, yeah. anything like that. And he was like, oh, I already stocked you. We're good. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I showed up, you know, I just didn't want to have to like, yeah. be on a date with a guy and just be like, Hey, by the way, I poop in a bag. I'm like, oh, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It wasn't something I really wanted no, to do. No, it's not a first date conversation. No, I'd not, have. A, not at all. Not at all. You know, the kids and the divorce, I felt that was enough. That's enough. Package. Yeah. I know. So, yeah. Just, you know, I, I was approaching this whole dating thing being like, who in the hell? And I, I was okay being by myself. That was the thing. I was going into this dating thing being like, who in the hell is going to want to date, you know, someone who's divorced and has got two kids that are preteens. Like that's like the worst time <laughs> to, Oh my God. It's, it's like insane. Mm-hmm. And then my illness and health issues and things like that. So I was just kind of, I went into it very hesitant. Yeah. Um, but then I, I, 
met this guy. His name is Chad. And, you know, here he is like tall, dark and handsome walking up to me. And he was the sweetest guy ever and super introverted. And, you know, I'm, I'll say what I want to when I need to. And so, you know, we sat and we had tacos and we had tequila and things like that. And then he invited me back to his place. And, um, and I, again, just to preface with like, I had just been divorced and I hadn't been with anyone since, you know, being divorced. And I was married for 12 years, um, met him when I was 18. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I didn't do that kind of, it, I wasn't like a go home with somebody on the first date type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It did help that his apartment was like behind the restaurant that we were at. <laughs> that but he was like, yeah, he just invited me up. And so I had like this immediate anxiety as soon as I was walking up to his room. Cause I was like, I'm going to have to empty my bag. We just ate tacos. <laughs> like, you know, just, just yeah. kind of almost trying, like not, I was, I was self-sabotaging, just thinking all these negative things. And then, you know, not to get into detail in case his parents listen to this or something, <laughs> but you know, one thing led to another. And I remember yeah. at one point, like, um, you know, I, I, I stopped him for a moment and like put my hand on my bag and he grabbed my hand and he took my hand off and he goes, it's okay. Oh. And it was like, at that moment, I did, I know. And I have goosebumps thinking I about have it goosebumps. now. No. <laughs> it was like, it's okay. That and I just, movie like, moment. I melted. <gasps> I melted. And so oh. we spent that night together and then we hung out for, you know, ever after that. And it's been, it was a year in December on the first. So it's been you know, over a year. And, and I just remember even after the first couple of dates, I remember coming home and then I would text him and I'd be like, thank you for not making this a bigger deal than it is. Yeah. And he knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he was the first person to tell me that it's just an accessory. He's like, it doesn't change anything, anything about you other than, you know, it's just an accessory that you have. And I was like, Oh my God, you're the one. <laughs> me now, you know? Um, so I think it just, you know, people are so scared with yeah. IBD and all kinds of just chronic illnesses to go into a relationship. And I think, you know, everyone told me because I would share, you know, my concerns with family and friends and people like that. But everyone would tell me, Raina, if they're, you know, if they're not into it or they run away or whatever, that's not your person. And yeah. so I had that in the back of my mind being like, okay, like I'll, I'll go along with whatever we want to do and whatever I'm led to do. But if he runs, I mean, he's not my person. I have to be okay with that. So yeah. I think that helped a lot at the time, but yeah, because there is that person that sees you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But not the for bag. Sure. Yeah. And I do believe that there is that person for everyone, you know, and we have to go through some assholes sometimes and we have to, you know, have crushes that, that dodge us sometimes. And, <laughs> and, you know, and there were a couple people that I talked to during, you know, between my divorce and, and meeting Chad and, you know, I just, it just, it didn't work out and it didn't click. And I kept thinking in the back of my head, okay, maybe it's my bag. Maybe it's my bag. Maybe it's too much. Maybe the divorce, maybe the kids. And, you know, just trying to like blame all of these Mm -hmm. these situations that I was in on, you know, what I was going through and, and the reason for them running. And it was like, no, you know, like stay single, take time for yourself, go travel, go breathe, go do what you need to go do, go find yourself. And then when you're ready, mm -hmm. the right person will be there, you know? And I think that for everybody too. So I think, and I think that confidence, like that's what, I mean, I don't know. I think that when I see you and I Thank think you. you're, you're confident, you're sexy. You go on and you let you are. I love it. Um, and I think I'm that that's sexy right now. You are so sexy in your sweatshirt. But I think that, I mean, like it's so needed and it's so attractive to people 
who are also sick and they feel that stigma of, okay, well now I'm sick, so I can't be sexy. Like it's an either or sort of deal to a lot of people when it's not. And I've honestly never felt sexier. That's ever. Yes. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, my bag really woke me up to just taking care of my body and, and fueling my body with food and moving my body and my workouts and things like that. And, and I feel now, even with my bag that I look better than I ever have. And I definitely feel better than I ever have. And so I think that combination just really projects confidence, you know, and, and it makes you want to put on cute clothes and things like that, even with a bag. And I, I have bad days too, but it's like, you know, it's, they're very few and far between just because, um, yeah, just because, you know, I think your outlook on, on your situation plays a big role in how you act and how you project. Well, it's evident. That's so evident. Did you ever have a moment where you felt not sexy or you felt like, you weren't going to get there? Um, I had an instance, um, I can't even remember exactly what it was. It's coming up on a year. It has to be coming up on a year. It was like February or March of last year. Um, I was, you know, dating Charles or Chad. This is his name. His real name is Charles in case I say Charles or Chad. (laughs) Um, But I started dating Chad and we were at my house and he always, you know, messes around in the morning and would like pull the covers off and stuff like that. And like, you know, he'd tell, he could tell that I was like just waking up. And so he like went to grab the covers and like rip them off to me, just messing around. And my bag came off under the covers. I think Um, I remember reading when you, yeah, Yeah. it was, I had to post about it because I, and I'll I'll share about that, but like, you know, it came off, like the entire bag came off. And if you don't know about an ileostomy, like your intestine is like hanging out of your stomach about that far. And everything you eat is going out into that bag. And so I had been sleeping all night long. So it was a totally full bag. Yeah. Um, it ripped off shit literally went everywhere under our covers. And I like pulled the covers down really quick. And I was like, Chad, you have to get out. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you have to get out. And he goes, what happened? And in his mind, and I found this out later, he's just like, do I need to take her to the hospital? Like, did it just like, is her intestine hanging out of her? Like, what is happening? I know. So he was like, yeah super concerned about my well-being and I was just yeah. like oh my god there's shit everywhere and you're and just I had like, a light comforter no like, oh of course yes. you did. It was, of course I did it was a yeah. disaster oh. and so that was I had this like I, I was just a mess as soon as he walked out of the bedroom and I didn't tell him to like leave the house I was just like just you know get out while I clean this up and yeah we'll figure it out and I just broke down into tears. I was like, he's going to run away now. Mm -hmm. He is going to run away. I feel so unsexy. Why the hell did I have this bag? Like, why did I, you know, I had this for a full day, probably. He was even so sweet and like, you know, was helping me look at comforter, new comforters and stuff like that over the next couple of days. And just like in the back of my head, I was like, he's every, every bad look that he would give or, you know, joke that he wouldn't laugh at or something like that. I was so in my head being like, oh my God, he's going to leave. He's going to leave. He's going to run. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it took me a good, you know, few days to get out of that funk. But um, I mean, he's still here yeah. and we still laugh about it every once in a while. But that was really, yeah. you know, one of the only moments where I just, I, I hated it at that, yeah. at that moment. You know, I just hated that I had to have a bag. Mm. 
that yeah. I remember reading about that and it was like such a vulnerable thing to post. I respect you a yeah. lot for doing Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I felt like I needed to share it because I knew yeah. that I was not the only one that was alone or that was going to go through that. And mm-hmm. it was very refreshing because I got a lot of comments from people who were like, listen, you know, I've been with my husband for 20 years. It's happened to us three times. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope it never happens. Again. <laughs> like just once. You know? just yeah, like time. once was enough. Yeah. And I joke all the time because I tell Chad, I'm like, I feel like my bag is like, my bag to me is like balls on men. You know what I mean? Like they're always like on guard and like, you know what I mean? Like anytime you move, they're just like this all the time. And so I feel like that's how I am now with my bag. Like we'll be laying in bed, not even doing anything and he'll move and I'll just like go to, cause I'm like, my fear is it just like ripping off again, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Protect it like my little, like my girl balls. <laughs> Your little girl balls. <laughs> Your little poopy girl balls. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but the worst has happened now, so. It's true. It's true. You know, you know what, you know what will yeah. go down and it's not that bad. Yep. Sure. Um, so if somebody is listening um, and they're feeling way not sexy or they're feeling like they've gained all the weight from the medication or they've lost all the weight because they can't keep anything on or, you know, just, I think there's a lot of shame that comes with it too. Cause like, why can't I be healthy? Why can't, like, how do we, how do you start to get into the mindset of, I love my body? Like, where's a good starting point? I think that for a lot of people, again, it is just like, I feel sorry for myself, right? Yeah. Um, I would encourage, and I'm not selling anything, but I would mm-hmm. encourage people to just get a, get on a workout plan, get on a, a food, like a nutrition plan. Like I think that that alone helped me so much, just kind of, it was a stress reliever. It was a everything reliever in the moment. And honestly, finding food like that my body processed and actually enjoyed and allowed me to kind of gain muscle while losing fat and gain muscle when I needed to gain weight, you know, finding that plan really gave me a ton of confidence and just my every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, every time I hear that people, you know, I get messages all the time, people being like, I hate my bag. How are you? How are you okay with this? I'm my, my one answer is girl, you're fucking alive right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, because I remember being so miserable in hospital beds and tied up to this and drainage tubes in my stomach and, you know, this being the only answer and going in for emergency, emergency surgery and things like that. And just like waking up and being like, I'm fucking alive. Yeah. Like, like, especially when it's a situation where like, if you have to have an ileostomy bag, in my opinion, like you had it pretty bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You had it bad enough to where you were probably not living a life that you wanted to live. And my bag gave me confidence again. It gave me life again. It allowed me to be able to, you know, go out to eat with my kids and, and go on trips again and travel again. Like it was so terrifying to get on an airplane and, and, you know, not have a bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, well, shit, I'm going to have to get up and go to the bathroom while it's taking off. And what am I going to do? And what if I shit my pants? You know, just yeah. like, you are allowed to live again. And that's what I would say to somebody. I would say, don't, don't take a day for granted because, you know, it could be gone tomorrow and we have to live our best life while we have act, the ability to live it. I love that. So you, you see your bag as something that saved your life, not, oh my gosh. not something that ruined it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's just making that shift in how yeah. you view it. I think alone that is, you know, crucial to somebody that wants to just live again and, and enjoy life again. Mm. Yeah. It definitely saved my life for sure. I love that. I know you're, I know you said you don't want to, you're not selling anything, but I do want to talk a little bit about what you do. Yeah. You're coaching and yeah. if you want to sell something, I mean, go for it. <laughs> Tell them what you do, what you can offer. Well, you know, it's, it's such a weird situation because hmm. I was a health and fitness coach before I got diagnosed Okay, and being, you know, I've been in this business for almost seven years now. And my backstory is that, you know, I, I went through eating disorders and anorexia and bulimia and depression and anxiety because I was married to a drug addict and hmm. me controlling my eating habits was the only thing I knew is the only thing I could control, right? Is the only thing that I could like call mine. I could restrict what I was eating. I could binge and then purge it. Like I had control of what I was putting into my body and how I looked. And I kept thinking, you know, maybe if I look this way or feel this way or do this, you know, my marriage will be better. And, you know, in that process, I just destroyed my body. And I found um, the, the business that I have. I found the company that I worked for in 2013. Um, got into the best shape of my life at that point. Yeah. And um, I did bikini competitions and all kinds of things. And after my bikini competitions is when I really started to gain the weight. And it was that, you know, year and a half, two years where I started to develop the diarrhea and all of the stomach issues and then later got diagnosed. Um, but in 2013, when I found this, um, you know, I, I wasn't diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. That was in 2016. And so it was really hard for me as a health and fitness coach to go through this, you know, knowing that I was a health and fitness coach and knowing yeah. that, um, against, you know, a lot of beliefs that nutrition did play a big role in it. Yeah. And I am a firm believer that, um, you know, the way I treated my body, the anorexia, the bulimia, the binging, the, you know, the extreme that I went to when I competed, I just believe that I totally just fudged mm -hmm. my entire system. I believe that that is a big reason why I do have my bag. And um, so there is a lot of regret in a lot of the things that I did, but I do know so much more. And I feel like I am able to help so many more people because I went through those things, because I struggled with eating disorders and the competition and, and knowing what to eat to fuel my body and to, to change it and things like that. Um, so yeah, so I am still a health and fitness coach. And it is, it's, it's interesting to be a health and fitness coach with an ileostomy because yeah. I get again, you know, messages daily being like, how are you working out with your bag? And I'm like, you just move, like move your body, you know, and people are <laughs> yeah. so scared yeah. to do anything yeah. with it, you know? And, and so I think that having the background I do has helped me a ton in my recovery and my confidence. Um, and then just the way I, I am with my bag and, and, and not being afraid to share it, you know, I think, um, yeah. I, th I think my business helped a ton, but I do, I do fitness and nutrition coaching. Okay. Um, I work with people in groups. I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. It's all online and on the phone and we use face-to-face -face Zoom recording quite a bit. Um, <laughs> like this. But you know, it really is my passion. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing anything else right now if I, if I had the choice to, and I love what I do and I love being that person that people with, you know, IBD and Crohn's and colitis and ileostomies and everything like that, that they get to look at and they say, Oh my God, she is, you know, she has muscles. She's got abs, you know, she's not miserable. She is smiling. She's eating fun food. She's going out to eat, like still living a life 
nutrition and fitness focused with an ileostomy. I think, you know, I think it's very rare and it's sad how rare it is. So I'm trying to just live every day, kind of breaking that stigma of like, you don't have to be this overweight, sad person sitting on your couch, you know, eating your Doritos. You can be eating healthy and moving your body and loving the life that you're living. And that's kind of my, that's my, my purpose. I feel like, you know, I, I, again, I was a health and fitness coach before all of this, but I feel like I was given this disease in a way. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was chosen to have this disease because of the platform that I have and because of the reach I have. I feel like I was meant to have this to show people that it, you don't have to be that sob story, you know? Yeah. You just seem so happy. Like you're just <laughs> happy. You're just, you love your life and you can, tell. I really, I really am. And you know, yeah. it's sad because we hear all the time about, you know, Instagram's this highlight reel and we were even watching a podcast yesterday, uh, Joe Rogan podcast with somebody who was interviewing about, you know, Instagram and everybody's fake and all of this stuff. And I was just like, I was telling Chad, I was like, I just completely and totally disagree. Like that is not yeah. me at all. I feel like I am genuinely happy and I have been through some shit and I, you know, yeah. have had bad days. And if I do have a bad day, I talk about it. And, and that's it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think that so, those are, yeah. those are the accounts. Those are like the people because they're real people. Yeah, I mean, there might be the account that's like all fake and right, or happy right. and has lots of followers, yeah. but I think the, I don't know, the ones that are really impactful are ones like yours, where yeah. you you're honest and real, and yeah. just because you're happy doesn't mean you ha don't have your bad days and shit. Right, so. right. Well, and there's always people that you know they see that happiness and it's just it's almost like it infuriates them, you know, yeah. and they have to say something or do yeah. something or or comment something behind their computer screen that just makes them feel better about themselves because they are insecure. They're not happy with where they are in life. And, and it just, you know, for some people, it just feels good to bring other people down. And that's, that's I just don't, not, it's not my jam. No, my jam. no, no. I love that. It's not your jam. You, you got it. You got a good jam going. Keep up. Thank you. I'll, I'll keep it going. I'll okay. keep it going. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you a little bit this wasn't in the notes, but, um, yeah. about the divorce and how, yeah. cause I also am going like, I don't know, it's been about a year still going through the process, but, um, it's, a long it's so long, yeah. <laughs> so, it so long. I don't know. I guess my question would just be like related to chronic illness. Do you think that like the stressors of your relationship added to it? Do you? 1000%. Yeah. I, like I said, I was diagnosed in March, went into remission until October. And the only reason I got sick again was because I filed for divorce. Yeah. Um, I am a firm believer that stress along with nutrition plays such a big role in how our body reacts to things. And if you have an autoimmune disease and you're in remission, it takes one thing that happens. It's, exploding you with stress and you can go into a full-on flare again and um yeah I think you know it's it's crazy because my ex-mother-in-law um is the one that was like Raina you need to leave him wow you really to leave yeah his own mother was the one that said that and she said and she even says this today and she said it in front of Chad and she said it so many times but she's like Raina if you would not have left him he would have killed you and not murder me killed me but like but stressed me out to the point of, of death because I was, I was on my deathbed with him, you know? 
I was, it was just a, it was a bad situation and, and he wasn't abusive or anything like that, but it was, you know, drugs and alcohol and affairs and, and everything that comes along with that. And so the second I found out that he was using again, I, I was just like, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I battled it for 12 years yeah. and two kids later. And, you know, it's something that you'd never want to do. Oh. My mom was married five times. Mm-hmm. And so I remember just being like, I will fight to the death of me yeah. to never mm-hmm. have to divorce because I hated going through it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it was, it was definitely the turning point for me and my health for sure. I, I believe that if I never would have gone through that, um, I wouldn't have a bag today, but I'm happy I did. <laughs> you know, I'm like, even with the bag on my stomach, I'm so thankful that I divorced that man and just kind of started my own life because I am way better off now than I would have been. You're telling a much richer story because of it. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I believe that. I do. You know, and, and I think everything happened for a reason. And, and I do say that all the time. But I think, you know, if I hadn't have gone through what I went through with, you know, him and my business and, and you know, the kids and illness and all of that stuff, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to share and reach the people that I do today. I wouldn't be where I am today for sure. I love that. I love your attitude. Thank you. Um, Okay, so we're going to get a little bit lighter. Um, We have to talk tattoos, although you can't see either of our tattoos right now. Um, I know. I'll give you Well, there's yours. There's yours. Peek out. And some hands. (laughs) I need need more money is what I need so I can have more. Um, You know, this is that my tattoos were kind of like a... Um, you know, before I got divorced, I had like two, I had my girl's names on my arm and like a little one on my shoulder. And, and I would always ask him, I'd be like, I want to get another tattoo. I want to get another tattoo. And he'd be like, that's gross. You don't need more tattoos. Like it's fine. Whatever. As soon as I divorced, like I have, you know, the entire right side of my body is pretty much covered and down into my leg. And I got my first one in like February of 2017, which was like the four months after I divorced. I did and the same thing. <laughs> all of them are from like February 2017 to now, you know, and yeah. it's like, I just went on this like tattoo binge yeah. for a couple of years. Because it's like, you get, it's like my body. This is my yeah. body now. Yes. And this is my life and I will. Yeah. It's almost just like claiming it as your own. Yeah. yeah. I, when you just said that, I was like, holy, that's so true. And I guess that was part of the process of finding me was like, you know, it's my body. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to mm-hmm. And yeah, just live my life. Yeah. So good. So you, yeah. you call your, your, is it, do you call, is it, or is that just a joke? Jekyll and Hyde? Where? No, it is a hundred percent my Jekyll and Hyde. So okay. the story is that, you know, I had gotten probably, I don't know, like 10 between, you know, February, 2017. And then I went to San Diego on this girl's trip that we went on and I got a couple of tattoos and I got more on my, on the right side of my body. Cause mm-hmm. probably the all, all 10, maybe nine out of the 10 were on the right side of my body. And the girl that was doing my tattoo, she goes, you got this like Jekyll and Hyde thing going on with <laughs> and all your tattoos on one side. And I was like, like, you could just like, I was like, fuck yeah, that's it. Like I'm running with that. And so every tattoo that I got from that point forward was on the right side of my body. And my plan is to do like a zipper tattoo that goes like straight down on both sides so that it's like my oh, suit. I love you know that. What I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm still working on that. Like every month I'm like fiending for a new tattoo and Chad's like, Raina, you're going to like be done with this whole like Jacqueline Hyde thing by the time you're like 
36, you know, like <laughs> slow down. It's, you can take some time to fill up your body, you know. So, <laughs> That's a great idea. I have to be talked down every once in a while, but if it were up to me, I'd be getting them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, mine's on my left side. Okay. But I do, I do have one in the middle of my back, but I don't know. There's something about like, I like the, I like the look of tattoos on yeah. one arm and yeah. not the other. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For sure. I feel you. No. And I'm like, everybody's like, what are you going to do when you fill up the right side? And I was like, I don't like, I might get bored and do the left side. Like I have yeah. no idea what's going to happen when mm-hmm. I fill it up, but I've still got time. I still have like a full leg to go. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Got all those yeah. toes. All the toes. Here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Okay. So I guess my final question then would be, I guess, finish the sentence. Sexy is what? So many things come to mind. I would just, okay. Sexy is. Sexy is. Confidence. Mm -hmm. Sexy is confidence. Mm -hmm. I feel like. It is next level sexy when you meet someone, man or woman, that yeah. just is confident in who they are. Not cocky. You know, there's a right. very fine line right. of being don't like be an asshole. Right. <laughs> don't be a dick. Yeah. But confidence and just the way you carry yourself and the way you speak to people and the confidence that you have in yourself. So I think that is the sexiest thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that- a good answer. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. And I think that's what draws a lot of people to you too, is that you're confident in who you are. You're confident you are Rena and you have you happen to have a bag, but you are Rena. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That yeah. Means a lot. Yeah. Thanks for doing what you're doing and inspiring. No, I just you know, even if I didn't like even if health and fitness were not my job, like I would still be on Instagram, still sharing every single day, you know, still doing what I do because I am so passionate about it. And I think that gives me a lot of confidence in itself. Just, you know, taking care of my body. It's it's you know, I am a direct reflection of how I treat my body, you know. And I think that is true for a lot of people in a lot of situations. So yeah. I think when you have your health taken away, it's like you appreciate it so much. You hear like old, like when you're younger, you hear old people talking about like your health is everything and you're like, okay, whatever. And so you actually feel like shit forever. (laughs) And then you're like, you get it back. I say all the time, it's like people, a lot of people, and I do, it was the same way. Like you don't take your health seriously until you have to, you know what I mean? Until you're faced with something that makes you just kind of like, it kind of just shakes you. And you're like, well, shit, I have to really, no, I have to do this. And I think that's why so many people struggle with their weight and, mm-hmm. um, you know, other and symptoms in general of all kinds of autoimmune issues is because, you know, it's related to stress and our nutrition and, and, you know, everything is a direct reflection of it. And so, you know, what we're feeding ourselves and all of these things, I think, plays a big role in, in the confidence that we have and just the way we carry ourselves and the happiness that we have every day. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you don't, if you're listening to this and you don't have a chronic illness, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't you mean no that you have to, yeah. you have to take yeah. care of yourself because yeah. you have to go through what we have to go through. Yeah. Well, I was that. telling you know, I was talking to one of my good friends, Lindsay, and she, we were talking about like our fears or something like that. And she was like, she has Crohn's, okay. um, does not have an ileostomy or anything. And she was talking and she was like, Rena, like my biggest fear is having a bag. She was like, literally, that is my biggest fear. And I looked at her and I said, well, you don't 
eat like that's your biggest fear. Mm. And she like took a step back and was like, it's true. I mean, and she was one that, you know, even with Crohn's would binge at night and eat, you know, sweets and all kinds of stuff. And she would be on the toilet the next day, like all day long. And I'm like, mm. you know, now it's like, if that is really your biggest fear and, and speaking to everyone, like whatever your fear is, like if it is related in any way, shape or form to the way you look or, you know, your well being, like you don't have a choice. Like your only choice is to take care of your body. Um, unless, you know, or, or pay for medication. <laughs> You know? that, was, that was a good coach statement right there. <laughs> Felt it. <laughs> okay, we're going to um, end the interview with some silly rapid fire questions because Perfect. I don't know, because I like to. Um, <laughs> scariest thing you've ever done for fun? Oh my God. Surfing? Ooh. Yeah. I, I've never seen it. Really to me. Yeah. I actually, oh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So I, one of the weekends, I went to Vancouver for a week and one of the girlfriends that I met used to be like this professional surfer, snowboarder, like she's a badass. And so she was like, let's go surfing. And we went, this, it was four of us and we went for this weekend in Tofino um, and rented surfboards and went out and I was terrified and like everything was going through my brain like sharks and weird shit under the water and then like the wetsuit in my bag and what if I have to go to the bathroom and, <laughs> and I even like you know we got home one night or one day after surfing and my ileostomy bag had like because of the salt water like completely deteriorated and was like I didn't have a bag on so all my girlfriends were like helping me clean up and and all this I mean it was an easy situation because yeah. they were amazing and it could have been disastrous if it were with the wrong people yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably the scariest thing I ever did on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been surfing. That sounds yeah, it's so much. Oh my God. It was just such a rush. So much fun. So fun. So much. They need to have like, um, salts resistant bags. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's like adhesive on your stomach. And so okay. it just got natural. The salt was just yeah. taking it away. And I like took off my wetsuit and it was just like my intestine. I was like, here we go. There we are. <laughs> All right. Yep. What a mess. What a mess. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's one. You can give anyone a tattoo while they are sleeping. Who is it? And what is it? Okay. <laughs> so we're torturing. Well, someone. it would obviously be my face first. Anyone. I would probably <laughs> put my face on. Um, that's a really fun question. I've never even thought about that. I don't I mean, know. I think I was drinking when I wrote these. Yeah, I, you had to have been. You I don't know where that came from. <laughs> when you made it. <laughs> It'd probably be my face, and I'd probably put it on any of my friends, honestly. <laughs> on, on their butt. On their butt. Yeah. My face on. I'll just say Chad's butt cheeks. There you go. Maybe he has to do that now. He might have to do that. <laughs> he should watch himself while he's yeah. sleeping. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, what is in the trunk of your car right now? Again, I'm very OCD. So <laughs> I have a grocery Nothing. basket. I have this like actual, like, you know, you get at Target, like a basket and yeah. it's in the back of my car because I don't like my groceries to tip over when I go grocery shopping. <laughs> that's literally all that's in the back of my, I have an SUV, so it's like the only yeah. thing that's in the back of my car Girl, right now. if that makes you happy, do it. I'm telling you, it's an issue, I think. I'll have to work through, but. <laughs> Until it starts interfering with your relationships and right. your time, then I think right. you're okay, but. That's true. That's true. Good for now. Yeah, you're all right for now. Um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? 
mm, this is terrible, but I checked my phone. I do too. God, I know. And it, you know, there's like, I know. I want to lie and say, you know, no. I like meditate for a little bit or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I literally grab, check it. Is there anything important? Yes or no. And then depending on how late or how many times I push snooze, like I'll scroll Instagram for a little bit and then wake up. No. And I hate it. I had a guest on here and she did like 40 days without, um, screens or anything. Yeah, she, she did it. And then she was like, it was so great because I woke up in the morning and I saw the sky and like what, what the light was like outside. And I was like, oh man, I don't think I, I, so one of the trips I went on, I was by myself, but I got an Uber to this like dock where there was a ferry that was going to take me wherever I was going. Mm-hmm. And I was in the cab and I remember just like being like this, like on my phone and stuff like this. And it's this man who doesn't speak very good English. It's like this cab driver. And he goes, ma'am, put your phone down and take a look outside. And I was like, oh shit. Like this Uber driver, just like, or not Uber, <laughs> taxi driver just and he legit said that to me. And I, in the moment, was like, oh, shit, he's right. You know what I mean? And I look, and it's, like, the most gorgeous, like, skyline of ocean meets mountain meets, like, and I'm just, like, yeah, I almost thank missed you. It. Thank yeah. you. I would have missed it. And it was really eye-opening to me. And so just, you know, anytime I'm around friends or family or anything like that, I'm just very cautious about, like, being on my phone. Because it is my business, and it's so, like, yeah sucks you in you know it's almost addicting like anything else would be so yeah that was a very aha moment for me for sure but I still wake up and I know it's okay I would say probably 99% of of us do if we're we're real honest (laughs) I I wanted to lie so bad but I'm like you know what fuck it I check my and everybody listening is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, me too. Yeah, me too, girl, me too, yeah. girl. <laughs> um, who do you admire the most? Oh, anybody? Anybody. You know, I'm going to say something that's probably not very expected, but I would say my ex-mother-in-law. Aww. And I know that's very weird because it's like, you know, my ex <laughs> mom. <laughs> There's um, but yeah. she, you know, I, I met her when I was 18 when I met my husband and I didn't grow up with a family that was very close. And so they immediately became my family and her, her husband are still married and she had three boys and they were like my brothers. And, and she, you know, she talks all the time about how rough her marriage was in the first five years and how she overcame it. And, and she's, battled, you know, breast cancer. Her mom passed away from breast cancer. And she was like my biggest supporter when I started my health and fitness business. And, and with the kids, you know, I'll, I called her the other day and and told her every time I was traveling this year and she set dates aside to, you know, come out and stay with the kids. And just as in my mind, just like this superwoman that I just admire a lot because she's just, she's just been there through all of it with me. And yeah, just a trooper. That is so cool. I love that it's your ex-mother-in-law. It is. And it's so weird because, you know, a lot of people, if I say anything about her on Instagram, I hear all of the time, you know, it's like crazy that you still have this relationship with her. And I'm just like, you know, she was my parent before. I see her as my parent before his parent, you know, before Mm -hmm. my ex's parents. So we just have a really good relationship. And it was my fear divorcing was yeah. that I was going to lose that relationship with her. And luckily I haven't. And she's met Chad and she loves Chad. And she's like, when are you marrying Chad? You need to marry this. 
you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, I love her a lot. So she's probably who I admire the most. That's so great. I love that answer. Um, okay. What song best describes your life? Oh my God. I love music Brilliant. so much. And I'm like, what am I going to even say? Um, you can pass too. You can just be like, mm. I'll just say a silly one. How about Thank You Next by Ariana Grande? There you Thank go. you next. I'm so thankful for all my exes. There you go. I like it. I, <laughs> I can go with that. that. I can roll with that. Okay. Yep. This next one is not intended to be sexual, but I, I'm reading it and it sounds, it sounds really <laughs> naughty. Um, but you have to be. <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> You have to be handcuffed to someone for a month. Who is it? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna not sexualize it. Okay. But I do I did go there in the very beginning. I would say Gary V. You know Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't. You know I feel- who he is? Oh my god! You have to go follow him right now. Okay. Gary V. Is this like entrepreneur, motivational, no bullshit, like man who just is like honestly I just want to like follow him around for a day because he's just this like he is everything I would love to be in a businesswoman and a leadership role as an entrepreneur things like that because he's just so like no bs like you want to change your life why the fuck are you sitting here watching Netflix type guy you know what I mean and so I would love to be handcuffed to him not for sexual reasons (laughs) but just to follow him around and just soak in all of that energy you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and tips and and motivation and strategy and all of the stuff you want want his mentorship I want his mentorship yes without paying thousands that it probably costs right well (laughs) yeah he he has to understand that this is a result of my rapid fire questions so (laughs) gotta give this to you for free (laughs) okay Last question. <laughs> what is your current mantra? Do you have one? Um, you know, I don't, I, okay, maybe I do. My, I don't know. No, maybe I don't. I got it tattooed on me. I have um, why not tattooed on the back of my ankles. And I did that because it's like, I feel like that's been my mantra kind of my whole life. You know what I mean? Like not really overthinking anything, like even the plunge into my business. I'm like, you know, why not? Like it'll work out. If it works out, it won't, it won't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, same for kind of really everything I pursue is kind of this like, why not attitude? And you only live once. And yeah. And you know, the experience alone is going to be a game changer regardless of the outcome. I think so. I love Why not? Why not? Yeah. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Okay, Rena. Well, we are going to wrap up here, but um, if anyone wants to find you, um, maybe for coaching or for, for in, more information on your business, where should they go? Um, I hate Facebook. I am on Facebook, but I hate Facebook. My name is Raina Odell, um, R-A-I-N-A-O-D-E-L-L. Um, but you can find me on Instagram. I am on Instagram almost too much every single day. It is at Raina versus food. So it's R-A-I-N-A, V as in Victor, S as in Sam, and then food. And you can email me at Raina versus food at Gmail also if you want to chat. Perfect. And I will put those links down on the show notes. So if anyone wants to just 
click a button and not have to type it out, they can do that too. So yeah, right. my name is a bitch to spell. So just keep trying. Really? I don't think so. It seems You know, it's like I say it and people are like, or or you know, they'll read it and they're like, Rihanna, and I'm like, how the fuck oh. are you not putting uh-huh. rain with an A together? <laughs> no, it's it's like a common word, rain. It's insane how yeah. much people put with an A, Raina. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> would think it would be that easy, but it's not always. <laughs> well, if it's hard for them, they can just click the link. So. Right, right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for giving an hour of your time to me and to everyone so listening. This was really fun. If you ever want to just talk again and not on the podcast, let me know. Anytime. Yep. <laughs> We're, we're at each other's fingertips. Yes, so. we are. We are. Fingertips away. <laughs> Thank okay. you very much. I Thanks, Reina. Okay. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. I really appreciate you being here, and I'm sure that you found that just as helpful as I did. Um, if you did, if you enjoyed and are enjoying the Chronically Well podcast, go ahead and snap a screenshot, if you would, of this episode. Share it for me up on Instagram and tag me. I am River and Quill, Callie Hunter, um, and share it with your friends and family so they can be a part of this community as well. And until next time, be sure to be living your life chronically well.